Welcome back to Bears on Tap, a podcast about the Chicago Bears presented to you by ONTAP Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300, and you can follow my co-host, Quinn, at ButkusStats. I'm sorry you have to look at my bald head. I, I did not have my Bears hat on deck, mm-hmm. so you have to look at the five head. I, I don't know, man. Frustrating game. A lot closer than the scoreboard will have indicated, and couple plays here, a couple plays there. It's really, honestly, if you really just look at the game for what it is, if you just play like a little bit better of a second quarter, you have a ball game all the way up until the end. But Quentin, initial thoughts, how you feeling? It, we didn't get the back door. Nothing went, went our way tonight. I mean, Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet, I just got a stat on my phone that says they have combined for two catches in four yards all season. Yeah, so first things first, when I get something off my chest, I uh, I accept full blame for the results today because I I washed this shirt and this is the shirt I wore last week and I was like I gotta wash it so I can wear it again today yeah. and then at about halftime I was like wait why did I wash it I I washed away the wind so I, I accept full blame for that yeah and but, Joey, Joey didn't do the thing at halftime man unbelievable. <laughs> If you, that. if you know, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it has been – I mean, Mooney and Komet both have not existed for the Bears. And more than anything for me is I was expecting a lot from Mooney this year, and I still am. I'm still hoping it's there. But I haven't written his name down once. Into like I got, I got, I got full notes on the entire game here. Through eight quarters, I have yet to write down Mooney's name. Even the dog, even the fault. dog saying Darnell, Darnell, yeah. where are you? I don't know if that's on him, if that's on Getzy, what's going on. But he's your, he's your best receiver. He's your, he's your best pass catcher. Why is he not involved? Like. What what's what's happening? And you know, I won't be able to see till I go back and look at the all twenty two, see what was going on downfield. But what one screen pass to him and one deep shot, and that's it. That's a, that's all that, that's all he got all game, and it's it it is perplexing. I'm I'm very confused. Green Bay's got a good secondary, but I, I don't understand why you're running away from it. You know, you're not going to get very far playing scared. Yeah, and that's kind of like what I was just about to say. It's it's like the Bears often, it doesn't matter who the coaches come into a game, like not to get embarrassed as opposed to like let's be the Jets and come back from down 14 points with 38 seconds or the Dolphins come down from 21 with like half a quarter left. You know what I'm saying? Like today was the Cardinals. Fucking the Cardinals came back from 23 down today. You know what I'm saying? Like, the NFL is nuts on a week in and week in, week out basis, and we have a team that has talented players on the defensive side, has mid on the offensive side, if you will. Like I can't say they're talented in comparison to the other players in the NFL, but like they have to be better than what they were today, and some of that's on the play calling too, because I know we talked about it before we started, but. It's the NFL. It's 2022, man. Like, we're not wearing fucking leather helmets and people aren't banging heaters in the stands. Like, throw the fucking football and throw it down the field. 
I like what they've been able to do with Equinamius St. Brown so far. I thought after that initial catch, it was going to be the Equinamius uh, St. Brown revenge game. Like the Packers really never, they never really fully supported him. And that's a guy that was an ND guy. So I know what he can do when he is in the right offense and going up against players that he, he has a distinct advantage against. And so far in our offense, it's been good, but like, Without Komet, Komet dropped one today. That one pissed me off. Obviously, it doesn't change the outcome of this game. But Komet not getting involved, Mooney not getting involved. If it took until, I mean, they had Mooney or not Mooney Montgomery involved early, and then they kind of got away from it. Put Herbert in, and then went back to Montgomery. And Montgomery might have been the one player on that field that was like, "Look, dude, I've beaten this team one time in my career." I think once, only once. And it's frustrating. Like, do you know how I don't even know if he has? Yeah, I don't know if he, he might not have been on the he might not have been on it not on that team. Yeah, not, not since twenty eighteen. So he got he, drafted he in twenty nineteen. Yeah. yeah, so he hasn't. He hasn't. He was a year later. But that's the thing, bro. Like fucking I'm gonna be eating ice cubes and sleep for dinner all week because the Bears couldn't cover a spread, but not not literally. <laughs> I said that to my buddy when we were watching the game. He's like, it's like, bro. I'm like, no, like, I, I'm using you, that as a figure. Do of you speech. want to talk to the hotline? Yeah, I, I'm using that as a figure of speech, but I just feel the broadcast kind of touched on it where it's like we are trending in the right direction, dare I say. Like today was not any indication of that. It wasn't a great game. But instead of playing down, right, instead of playing conservative and not testing down the field and not letting Justin Fields be a competitor, I mean, he only threw fucking 70 yards today. I think he he couldn't have had that many attempts. I'll look it up when the, the 11, next time. 11 pass attempts, 70 yards. Attempts, 11. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and two of, those, two of those were garbage time. Two of those were that last drive. Yeah, one of those like was that last 17 pit. with two minutes left. Good luck, you know. <laughs> two of those two. were that last drive where two of those pe- two of the people on this call were very invested in that last drive, and it didn't last long. But <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man. You don't draft, you don't trade your whole fucking franchise away. Not we didn't trade our whole franchise. We traded a couple draft picks away to get this guy to just let him sit in the in the garage with like a car cover over it. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah. We want Justin Fields to be a Ferrari. We're treating him like a Fiat. It's not fair. I mean, Justin Fields probably took more away from those last two pass attempts than anything else during this game. That's the thing that really gets me. You you have to develop this kid, and you're not letting him learn. You're not letting him go out and make mistakes. You are just – you, you kept the training wheels on all game until that last drive and he makes a mistake and oh it's terrible he made a mistake he threw an interception he learned from that interception you know i'm i'm fine with the bears losing if he's get if he's getting takeaways out of it you know and there weren't enough takeaways from him in this game i don't think yeah and i think too the play calling was was arguably the biggest setback but the NFL has been weird this year on goal line sets. I, I'm thinking of specifically that Broncos game on Monday, but like you're a football guy, right? I'm a football guy. Why are we running out of the shotgun on fourth and goal from the one with a chance to 
really just bring us back into the game, right? Because in that situation, especially in a game that you've been trailing in, we see the numbers say if you're down if you're down two touchdowns and you get that touchdown, go for two the first time. If you don't get it the first time, you can go for it the second time. That's the type of situation we could have been in if Fields could have got 36 more inches. You know what I'm saying? Or I saw they were freaking out about it on Twitter saying it was a touchdown. I just left in disgust from my brother's house, and I was just it like – It might have been, but it was too close to overturn. To overturn. And, the like the NFL, and it shouldn't be that close. Exactly. You know, why did you run every down on that red zone series? And even this, even this, dude, you you have a fullback. You have a fullback. Use your fullback from the one yard line. But yeah, I was not running. You're running fields in a power concept up the middle, essentially, as with a head start out of the shotgun. He's not to be under center and hand it to Monty, who's been breaking tackles all night. Exactly. He's not Tim Tebow. He's not Cam Newton. He's Justin Fields. He's a great runner, a talented runner. But yeah. if you get that touchdown, all hope is restored. Like I'm the Undertaker gift. Like I'm coming back to life. Yeah. There's we're down seven with seven minutes left. It's a totally different ball game. And then you get the what, what was it, the completion to Watkins, and then the 18 yarder to Jones. They kick a field goal, and then effectively that killed the game. But I think there was still some bright spots. There was definitely some dark spots. Like let's. I know you got to watch the all 22, but initial thoughts on just. Aaron Rodgers saying, hey, Kyler Gordon, welcome to the NFL. I mean, I we knew that was going to happen. Uh, I said it in my pre- preview article, like, he, you know he's going to seek out the rookie. He's going to test him over and over until he proves why he shouldn't test him. And Rodgers won tonight, you know. I mean, Gordon took his lumps. And do you want to see it? No, you never want to see it. But Kyle Fuller took his lumps. Charles Tillman took his lumps. You know, I mean, he's, it's hard to be a rookie cornerback, let alone a rookie cornerback who is playing the slot corner, which yeah. has so many different responsibilities and run fits and uh, just the coverage concepts. And he's going back and forth from outside and slot. They're asking a lot of him there. Um, so I'm not I, – I, I don't want to make an excuse for the guy. I just want to say that the final verdict isn't out because he got burned as a rookie who has a lot on his plate, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm still hopeful that he is going to be a good player. I, I think for anyone to write him off at this point would be foolish. No, absolutely. I'm not saying that, but yeah, with Aaron Rodgers, it's one of those things where you get that touchdown, the first drive, you're like, okay, it's an every drive thing. We need to stop. We need more points. We need to stop. We need more points because you know, at a certain point, that offense is going to pop. And especially given the the circumstances that they didn't pop at all last week, like they only scored seven points last week, you knew something was going to happen. But if you look at the defense as a whole, outside of the fact that the, the front seven didn't really have push and didn't really affect them because they ran for almost 200 yards – I'm still not necessarily like mad at the defense. Like you have to play complimentary football. You have to extend drives and you have to stay on the field. I don't have, I can pull up the time of possession, but I'm sure the, they were, the, the defense was on the field almost 70% of the first half. Yeah. I got to look and you see. No, I mean, is. it's you're they're gassed by that point. I mean, and our, and our they're front, running it right down our throat too. Which our front is not, yeah, they're not built to hold up against the run like that. They're just not. They don't have the game changers on the interior D-line 
or the thumpers at linebacker to hold up against run like that. Um, especially when they're exhausted from being on the field for 70% of the first half. Um, so it's just, it's a nightmare scenario for our defense. Who's just not built to, to withstand that. Yeah. So we were out possessed by 15 minutes. Like yeah. that's a lot. That's an entire quarter. That is yep. an entire quarter of football that they had the ball more than us. So that's not ideal. Outgained by about 200 yards. And then two, it's like, if you look at the distribution, like the route tree, like you said, he only had 11 attempts. Two of those went to Equinamia St. Brown. And if my computer will work, I can show you the rest of them. But I will say on the bright side, he did a great job on the flea flicker of getting the ball out right before he was about to get oh, yeah. sacked. Like, no, 100%. Uh, that it was, was almost a disaster, play. and he did a great job of finding a guy to get it to. So he had three, I don't think St. Brown was the read on that play. I don't think that's what they were going for. He had three completions to receivers for 35 yards, and it's not 39 yards because Darnell Mooney had a catch for negative four yards. So yeah. The other two were to St. Brown, right? Yeah, that's your St. Brown. Um, I threw Mooney in my my like weekly same game Bears parlay, and I will take all blame for him not gaining a single yard because I did that to Cam Akers in week one. But I just think with this team, it has to be like the kitchen sink. Like just let it rip. Just let anything go. I'm sorry. I don't know if you heard that. That was like ESPN going nuts in my ears. But <laughs> you have to – not be afraid to win these type of games. Like you have to go in there with the mindset that, Hey, I understand it's Aaron Rodgers. I understand it's Sunday night football. I understand it's the Packers, but we're NFL players too. We get paid to play this game just like they do. We put our boots on just like they do. And at a certain point we have to turn the page. Cause I don't know if we talked about this on the pregame, but this was, this was our chance to tie the all time, you know, bears Packers win loss. So we did not succeed in that effect. And honestly, until that ayahuasca drink and fuck leave pretty bay, like I don't see it tilting in our direction. And I also saw that they did an ayahuasca celebration in like the second quarter. So yeah. I didn't catch that. It was um, apparently it was the teacup celebration because we're not ayahuasca guys. Like I don't I don't just keep ayahuasca on deck and I guess you drink it. It's like a tea. So I guess that's what that teacup celebration was. Cause I was like, bro, maybe this is like an ode to the queen, you know, the queen of England that just passed like last week. <laughs> it wasn't, it was them just being stinky cheese drug guys. So. Yeah. I'm just, I'm so blown away. Like any team in the league, you look, you can look around and you find who their best skill position player is like obviously Montgomery's probably our best skill position player and he he got featured plenty but your best pass catcher how are you not manufacturing better looks for him exactly. you know why is Aquinamus St. Brown leading the team in uh targets for the second straight week I believe you know honestly I, I, I like in every, ma- in every major category probably I don't even he, have to look yeah He's a fine depth guy. He's a fine wide receiver three or whatever. But, like, Darnell Mooney's not getting – stuff is not being designed for him or it's not getting executed when they're dialing it up. There, there's something just clearly wrong here. 
because, I mean, you look at the Lions, Monroe St. Brown is getting tons of concepts thrown at, thrown out there. You know, how many times did Monroe touch the ball today? You know, how many times? Um, he had over the, 100 yards. I think he had like 110. Yeah, and, I, and I'm saying him because he's a guy who's, you know, not as well known around the league as being a star. Like, you know, I could throw Justin Jefferson out there. Well, yeah, of course you're giving Justin Jefferson touches. Like, who wouldn't? Or Cooper Cup. Like, of course he's going to get all, all the looks. But um, if you look at, like, the Browns, Amari's getting looks. You know, you look at um, the Jets. How many looks did Garrett Wilson get today? You know, like, you don't have to be a good team to have these receivers, their top receivers, getting looks. And that's what I'm just so confused about with Darnell Mooney right now. Yeah. Yeah, and I uh, I had a little birdie that was up in the press box tonight, kind of within touching distance of Ryan Poles. And to go back to the play calls surrounding the, the goal line stand, there was a – definite level of like distaste from polls during that time so really yeah yeah my buddy was up there yeah so it's early he's a young guy Eberflus is a young guy I still really like what we have going on we were never going to be a playoff team but like these are the type of games that you look at kind of like as playoff games and then also I like to look at it like this it's a measuring stick game because for the NFC North until they are not the standard, they have been the standard. You're right. Like they have won the division more often than not in the last 10 years. And until Aaron Rodgers leaves, one would assume that they're at least going to be a playoff team. I think this year the Vikings could give them a run for their money. But right now you have to go back to square one. There is a beautiful, beautiful team on the schedule next week to go back to square one against. And I think, Kind of just rub it up, you know, I would say rub it off, but that's probably the, the wrong way to, uh, to to phrase it. But you kind of just you shrug it off and you get back to the facility, you rest up, and you get ready for Houston because in all reality, not many people picked us to win this game. Us picking us to win this game is our homerisms and just like blind optimism, which I will always have for this team even when I know we're not a good team. But – it has to get better on the offensive side of the ball because the defense, we know what we're going to get, right? Like defensively, we need to see a little bit of better secondary play from the young corners. But other than that, like the defense is not a terrible unit. Offensively, they this is the year that they need to grow if we're going to be a contender yeah. by next year, 2024. Yeah. They need to start treating Mooney like they just paid him Christian Kirk's contract. Jesus. Kirk has 12 targets through two games. Yeah. Maybe they're doing that so they don't have to pay him because we're just a cheap Maybe. Right. Cheap his, his price tag is getting lower by the game, I'll tell you that much. Unbelievable, unbelievable. But, yeah, uh, other than that, I think a couple standout performances. I think Travis Gibson had a really good game, and I think Travis Absolutely. Gibson is really growing into his role on this defense. Uh, I, I was talking Robert Quinn were unblockable. Like, unblockable. Green yeah. Bay couldn't couldn't block them. It was like they were in Rogers' face all night. It was just too bad that they didn't need to pass. Yeah, I was telling my brother before the game out, and I don't know where you can where there are uh, to record a sack markets, but I was like, Robert Quinn is getting a sack tonight because he did not get one last week. 
That's a hungry man. He was out there. Gibson looked nice. I liked what we saw from Blackson and Jones. That like, given certain plays, obviously in the run fits, they weren't as great. But on the pass rush side of things, I think we were all right. You got to figure Aaron Rodgers has probably the quickest clock in the NFL. Like he gets the ball out of there in a hurry, and it's almost like pinball. Like he's he's doing these little sidearm throws. Not even pinball. He's doing like a mariachi dance. You see me moving around like this. Like it's weird. I don't like this team. I don't like the state. I can't stand them. I'm glad that it's over. And I hope that by the time we get them back at our place at the, you know, towards the end of the season that we've learned and grown and are able to find a way to win that game. Because just take for what you said at the beginning of the show with, uh, with fields interceptions, a learning experience tonight. You didn't really get an opportunity to let it rip, which you fucking hate to see because I hammered him in which every way, like, and I, also hammered like seven tweets saying like, yeah, Justin Fields is going to do better than Aaron Rodgers tonight. We're going to win. I'm logging off the internet after we do this podcast. I'm going zero dark 30 until I do my (laughs) NIU show tomorrow night. But I am not giving up hope on this team, especially this year. The win total is still very achievable. And what's most important is the growth. And I think outside of penalties and stuff, you're seeing good plays from Jaquan Brisker I won't use tonight as an example, but in week one, we saw some good stuff from Kyler Gordon. Kyler Gordon has a lot of film to look at, and he will use tonight as a learning experience because in his eyes, it can't get any worse. And I, I like that at least. I think Brisker had a lot to learn from tonight as well. I think yeah. I, he. it seemed like him and Gordon were playing the same side of the field a lot, and they both had some rough moments, I thought. But a lot to learn from, though. Well, yeah, and it's like uh, there's two guarantees or there's quite a few guarantees in the NFL, but Aaron Rodgers taking advantage of a a kid that, you know, was on scholarship six months ago, you know, not getting paid to play in the NFL is always going to happen. Um, and, yeah, luckily we don't play those motherfuckers until I, yeah. I got to look at the schedule, but it's, it's kind of deep in there. I like how they have it balanced out, maybe be a weather game later in the season. I think it's – mid-December, if I correct. So something that uh, I saw Owen Krutz tweet out during the game that I've been kind of kind of thinking about for a little while, like when when Eberflus came over, the quest, big question with the linebackers was, is Rokon going to play the, the, the Will spot on the weak side or the, the Mike spot in the middle? And – as we've seen, he's playing the Will spot, like the the Lance Briggs role, not the yeah. Brian Urlacher role. And by my understanding, I, someone might want to fact check me on this, but by my understanding, that Will spot is is going to be taking on blockers head on more often, more downhill in the run game, and needing to needing to really fill that gap, while the Mike is more a bit more coverage and is going to have a bit more coverage in front of him as far as the gap control goes. And Olin Groot said, he tweeted out, I think it might be time for Roquan to move back to the mic spot. And that's kind of where my head has been. It's kind of like, he's not a guy who's going to be trucking through many blocks. Yeah. He, he kind of said vulnerable tonight. I don't understand why he's playing the will spot unless it's just about, 
financial opportunity at the will spot. Cause like you look at Indy Darius Leonard plays the will spot, but he's more built for the will spot. You know, he, he's more capable of running through those blocks and stack stacking, shedding and reaching the runner. Roquan's not really a stack and shed backer. He's more of a coverage backer, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not his fault. He is the size that he is, but he had, he does have an, an interesting skill set and, I, I just really hope that whatever happens in the future that he remains a Chicago Bear because I like the way that he plays football. And, yeah, like, he's never going to be that Ray Lewis that comes into the gap and fucking sheds a block and blows you up in the backfield. But if he can find a way into that backfield, you better believe you're probably not getting to back to the line of scrimmage. And I think Moreau looked all right at times tonight. He wasn't great. Obviously, we never expected him to be a Roquan-level player, so I'm not holding him to that same expectation. And then – See, I actually – I had Moreau making more plays than Roquan tonight. Like, they, they both got knocked quite a bit in my yeah. marks here, which is all preliminary because it's – you can only tell so much from the broadcast view. But – um I saw I saw Morrow make a few more plays than Roquan did as far as positive plays. See, but you know they're 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 sitting up in the press box and they're like, we can go find us another Nicholas Morrow for half the price. And I am yeah. saying fuck that because we need Well, like I think I think Roquan could excel in the mic spot in this scheme. Yeah. And I'm just not sure he's built. I'm not sure either of them are built for the will spot, to be clear. But I think Roquan could excel in the mic spot and I well, I think Morrow can be good in the mic spot, you know. Isn't it ironic how the Will linebacker probably has to be the most physically gifted and imposing linebacker on the set? Isn't that some bullshit? Yeah. It's, it's such an yeah. ass-backwards uh, acronym for that spot on the team. But, yeah, I don't know. It, it can't get any worse than tonight. I say that, and then we'll find a way to let it get worse than tonight. But, luckily, we don't play a game until next week, so it can't happen until next week. For players of the game, it's tough, dude. But offensively, I'll go Monty because that's really the – if you go any, anywhere else than Monty, like you're just wrong. And then on defense, I will go Travis Gibson for this week. Yeah. Um, on offense, I'm going to go different just because you already said Monty. I think Monty yeah. is the clear guy here. Clear cut, um, yeah. But I'm, I'm just giving it to the whole line for the run blocking. They were opening yeah. up holes. They 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 were very assignment sound in their run blocking and gave Monty the opportunities to break tackles at the second level, not the first level, which makes for the big runs that we saw. And of all the penalties that we had today, they, there was not – I mean, maybe there may have been one or two, but there's usually always going to be a hold in the NFL game. But we didn't get caught too many times for holding tonight. Yeah. Um yeah, no, most most of the penalties were outside of the line. I felt like um, there were a few yeah, plays a lot in which of secondary. He back, like the Mustafer when he snapped the ball when uh, Field was trying to make it make it make a change or a call or something um, on a third down, I believe it was, and then like there, it was a field just ended up running out to the side on a, on a read option, but it, you could see on the replay fields was in the middle of trying to change something when the ball got snapped to him. Um, so that was one that you wish he had back. But as far as penalties goes, I felt like the O-line was generally pretty clean tonight. Yeah. And then what about on defense? 
On defense, um, I mean, it's Quinn and Gibson. Gibson, I had I had marked down with five plus plays, which is the most for anyone on the defense. Um, so it's it's really got to be Gibson. I, I mean, Quinn was right there with him though. I had Quinn at four, and like, like I said on the broadcast view, it's really easy to miss one or two here or there. But they both were just plowing through their guy in front of them and getting straight to the QB. And then from your perspective, going into next week, like obviously the Bears will def they'll have tomorrow off. Like they'll be resting and hitting the cold tubs and the hot tubs and all that shit. But when you come back on Tuesday, bright and early at Hallis Hall, first thing we're working on when we get to practice. Pass pro. Pass pro and route concepts. Those two, because it's the only thing that I can think of that's holding them back from being willing to pass is that they just do not think they can protect him or run a concept successfully. Yeah, and I think uh, even though I never give the national media any credit, I think they may have been somewhat correct in their assessment of the fact that we have like five insurance salesmen as receivers and tight ends and Everyone basically outside of Monty and Kolkomet, because Kolkomet's my guy. But other than that, it's somebody's got to step up, right? Like you always right. hear coaches talk about next man up mentality. You need this guy to do that and that guy to do that. And there was no sort of complimentary football. We got that turnover, which I thought at that time in the game, like if you can make something happen quickly, then we can we can boogie. But the ball was moving too slow down the field, which was unfortunate, but that was the only way we were able to move the ball was on the ground because every time we tried to drop back, it seemed like – I don't know how many times the Packers sacked Justin Fields, but I feel like he did get a little beat up today. Not too yeah, crazy. Yeah, two. Yeah, two sacks, but it's a, it's a work in progress. This team is not a Super Bowl contender like we said, and – what we can expect next week is going to be a lot better than what we uh, saw out there tonight. And at this point, it's really just recover, relax, don't relax too much, and find a way to not let Lovey Smith come back to Chicago and win the football game. Because, hey, they played the Broncos pretty damn well today. They covered. They had a chance to win the game late or at least tie it. Uh, multiple chances to tie the game late. And week one, they tied against the Colts, which I don't know how to feel in any which way because I actually don't think the Colts are a real NFL team at this point. But that is also besides the point. For the Bears, <laughs> we've talked about it. The next few weeks are very winnable games. You have two games right here. You have the Texans, then you have the Giants, and then you get into division play with the Vikings. If we can get to, to three and one in hell, I'll even take two and two. If you can even split the next two games – I feel a lot better going into the rest of the season, but to kind of, I would say, compare this to college, these games are like the the non-conference games against those kind of lesser schools, right? Like yeah. if there's one thing that I know in my life is that we, we usually beat the Giants. We usually don't beat a lot of teams, but I've seen us beat the Giants a heck of a lot of times, and I'd like for them to beat the Giants – Texans is just totally different because of that emotional edge that's going to be involved in it uh, with Lovey Smith. And 
that man will coach this game like it's his Super Bowl. So that's going to be a fun one to discuss next week. We'll have Joey and Ron back with us, but do you have any final wrap-up thoughts? Uh, The stinker that was tonight, the 27-10 to loss against the Green Bay Packers? Two things. One, I thought Eddie Jackson played a very nice game. Uh, he was he was trying like hell to make plays when they really needed him. Like you, you could see, he made a few big tackles late in the game where it was like you wish that the ball came out or something. But you, you could tell he was putting his full full force and mind and body into trying to make a play. And then um, him and Gordon both got beat on that. Uh, that deep shot to Watkins late in the game, I think it was. And I think that was pressing. I think they were just trying so hard to get that ball. Like yeah. they, they they took a chance trying to jump on a concept because they needed to make something happen to stay in the game. Um, and unfortunately it didn't happen, but I can't knock them too much on that because there was, it was desperation time. Um, yeah. The other thought that I have is Bears had – Offensive play on second down 14 times tonight. They ran the ball 10 times. 13 of those were when the game was still outside of garbage time, um, when there was still a chance. So they were they ran the ball 10 of 13 second down chances before garbage time. The three times that they didn't run the ball, one was a flea flicker, one was a sack, and one was a negative four-yard screen pass to Darnell Moon. Just not very inspiring stuff on second down. And that's something that I want to see change. You know, you, you can't just be running every second down. And it's, I mean, honestly, they, they, they even late in the game, they had some success running on second down. Yeah. But I wonder how much of that was the Packers just being like, if they want to burn clock, let them, you know? That and then Monty was like, look, man, I let my fantasy owners down last week. I can't do it two weeks yeah. in a row. He's like, I'm not getting tackled, but – it's frustrating because, look, you look at the game, you look at the first drive, right? Beautiful. Just yeah. beautiful. The offense looked fucking amazing. And you're like, okay, we got seven, like ten minutes into the game. We have the lead, and now you have to build off that. And it's like you only get three more points for the rest of the game. Like how many possessions did we have in between, you know? It's it's frustrating oh, stuff. No, a lot. Yeah, a lot. It's <laughs> it's frustrating stuff, but you have to be able to move on and get to the next week of the season, and hopefully they will be able to. But I feel like Fields has to be frustrated, right? Like we're all human. Yeah. We're all we're all people too. He's never been in an offense where he's thrown the ball only eleven times. The last time he threw the ball eleven times in the game, he was probably eleven years old. Yeah, he he's. He is last. I don't. I haven't checked this. I'm sure it's true though. He's probably last in the league for QBs who have started and finished both games and pass attempts, which he threw more in a monsoon last week than he threw tonight. Yeah, which doesn't which is really telling. register for me. No, yeah, and that's why. Like, I was I was leveling with you when you said you're confused because it's like, dude, you know how these type of games go. Like, they're, they're twelve point underdogs or whatever it was, yeah. ten point underdogs you know you're going to have to come in and make some plays early. Like, if, if you want to win the game, right, it can't be a chase job. It can't be let's come back at the end of the game. It has to be let's grab the bull by the horns early, 
let's grab a seven, maybe 10, 14 point lead and let's play defense. And the defense is a unit that we can trust right now. Offensively, it's not any better than Nagy left it. It's not any worse, but it is, <laughs> is certainly not any better. And uh, we have to find a way to, to grow with Justin Fields, right? Because if, if we don't, and we have to go through the cycle again, I mean, we won't have a competitive team until we no longer call Chicago our home. Yeah. Um, it's – I'm actually – I'm kind of nervous about the upcoming Giants game just because of what you said. We have whooped them yeah. for years in a row, like four, three, four years in a row. And we beat the, abs- we beat the absolute we shit out of them last year. Of them. Yeah. And they remember that. And that makes me a little nervous. <laughs> I'm going to look up and see who they play. So they play the Cowboys on Monday Night Football, and then they play us. So honestly, we're all Giants fans on Monday Night Football because there's such thing as letdown in football. And after you get a nice big win yeah. against a division rival, there's a little bit of regression that next week. Um, so, yeah, yeah, find a way to get to 3-1 and one and fuck out. I'll be with Scott from Iowa in the chat right here, this guy, talking about how we're going to get to the playoffs. But today was one of those days where you had hope and you lost it just as quick as you had it. And we talk about this all the time on the show. Sports are all about hope. That new season starts. It's a new it's a new flower. It's a new tree, whatever you want to call it. And you're just trying to see that thing grow. And hopefully the season will go successful. One week it did. One week it didn't, and we're on to the Houston Texans, and we are on to the Silver Surfer, our former coach, Lovey Smith, with his – he's got the greatest beard I've ever seen in my life. I know. So, And they're a frisky team. Davis Mills and, and that team, which is a team of relative nobodies. Like, the, I was watching the game earlier, and I'm like, I know, like, ten people on this team. Like, holy shit. So, uh, Brandon Cooks is still a dude. Still a dude, saw him drop a couple clutch ones today, so that wasn't great. But, yeah, it's at Soldier Field. Hopefully uh, we don't have to deal with a monsoon, and hopefully we don't have to deal with uh, a non, non-full non Soldier Field because it's the smallest stadium in the NFL. So let's oh, make one, it a oh, – One ahead. more shout-out to uh, Jalen Johnson, still untargeted this year. Some things go without being unsaid. That that's another dude and someone that I'm very happy plays football for the Chicago Bears. But yeah, a tough one. Bears lose 27 to 10. Started looking like we were gonna win the game early or at least be competitive. And then the second quarter happened and it was play let's play catch up from the rest of the way out. It ended up being too many points to come back from. Like I said, we are on to the Houston Texans. This was another episode of Husky, or this was another episode of Bears on Tap. I'm tweaking. <laughs> I was doing other podcast. So this is another episode of Bears on Tap presented to you by On Tap Sportsnet. And we're going to be back with you guys, I would say, Wednesday night to discuss this next matchup against the Houston Texans and get you guys ready for hopefully another Bears win. And, as many weeks as we can spend over 500 this season, I'll consider that a win. So with that being said, this was Bears on Tap. We'll be back with you guys next week. We really do appreciate you for listening. And bear down. Bear down.